Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sports Conversation with James Navalance on the Believe Network. Joining us today, Joe DiTullio of the Game House. Um, you're my guy. I appreciate you coming on, Joe. Yeah, anytime. Good talking to you, man. Absolutely. Uh, so just give kind of the audience a general background of your experience and kind of how you've gotten up to the point and where you're at in your career. Yeah, so I uh, went to college at Xavier University in Cincinnati and decided to go there because they had a, a good sports management program and uh, graduated and everything. Got to the point where I kind of found out it's really hard to get a job in sports, uh, you know, especially if you don't have all the greatest connections, which I did not have. So I uh, started a website with my buddy, uh, Rob Haynes, called thegamehouse.com uh, in about 2015, right after college for me. And uh, it started off on something we did on the side, and then it grew into something that, that Rob and I can do full time now. And we just keep on growing year by year. And, um, you know, it came from like a lack of opportunities otherwhere and we other, otherwise, and we just kind of went with it and worked on it and, and got to a point where it's now pretty, pretty cool. So how would you say that's evolved? Obviously, you said you started off kind of as a side gig. And now it's really, you know, full going. Obviously, and for the audience that doesn't know, I was also a part of the game house for about, I'd say, two and a half, three years right now in college basketball. So I, I know what it's kind of looks like from my perspective. But from your perspective, just the overall growth of it, like how, how did that transpire more specifically? Yeah, like I said, so we started off something on the side. I was doing like landscape jobs and coming home tired and just like writing articles when I was really tired kind of just built up gradually. So it went from doing something where I'd write maybe a few articles a week to now I write, you know, at least 70 ish, 80 ish articles a, a, I would say a month. Uh, coming with that would be editing duties, managing duties, um, helping business wise to work, you know, like reaching out to different like companies for sponsorship and uh, things like that. But uh, back in the day, we didn't have to worry about that as much because we didn't have any viewers. So we just really started building things up and, uh, that's, that's sort of how we evolved. We just kind of little by little just kept on, kept on writing, kept on plugging away and uh, got to the point where now we can be afforded those, those nice opportunities. What would you say is like now the, now you're at this point full time, everything's growing. Like what, what's kind of the next step within the company or is it just more of what it's been? Yeah, I think the next step is just continuing to get to a point where we can add to our team, add more content creators, um, you know, add people who have, you know, great talent and and can kind of make us better, help us cover other areas, uh, sports and esports. Uh, as you know, James, we do esports too, and I probably should have mentioned that as well. But um, you know, just add more people who can kind of join our community and help help grow this thing, and uh, hopefully provide people with platforms to to get their thought out, thoughts out, get their work out about sports because you know when we started this up, that was one of the things we wanted to do is just create a platform where we can have uh, people who put their opinions out there or, or really, you know, have a spot to, to put what they think, because it's uh, it's not always easy to find those things out there. What would you say now, you specifically, kind of your passion, and you could tell me you're wrong, but based on knowing you, seeing what you post consistently, it's heavy college football and then, you know, leading that NFL draft, NFL coverage. Um Take me through like just your deepest passion sports wise, writing wise that you kind of enjoyed the most. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely college football, college basketball, NFL draft. Um, I love all three. I I just it started off as like a huge love of college sports, college football, college basketball, and then kind of developing like, well, if I watch these guys, I should be one of the guys writing the NFL draft profiles on them or NBA draft profiles on them or letting maybe fans who aren't fans of college sports know like what's coming in the upcoming upcoming draft. So I do think my, my biggest passion is NFL and NBA draft work uh, specifically. I just, I love college sports so much. I love telling stories and I love to help people learn a little bit more about some of the guys that may not know yet. So let's dive into then. Well, I'm going to touch on all three of those, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. But the college football standpoint, obviously Georgia wins back-to-back national championships. What What's kind of your reaction to kind of the transition of, Alabama being, uh, and I, I would say just because of the longevity of it, Alabama still is the standard, but obviously Georgia has kind of matched um, Alabama, I would say, over the last five years, ever since, you know, their first matchup in the national championship and then, you know, these back-to-back years for Georgia. What would you say the kind of the landscape of college football is, in your opinion, at this point? Yeah, I think I think it's Georgia is going to have to be knocked off. I mean, it's back-to-back national championships. They're hitting the transfer portal hard. They're recruiting well. Um, they actually have a decent amount of talent returning next year too. Um, so it, it is, you know, I think Georgia is, is the team to beat right now. You still got teams who can beat them. Like Alabama can beat them on any, on a given year. Uh, Ohio state's up there as well. Um, you know, other programs, I think it's, it's, there's, there's not as much parity in college football. We see, you know, those type of teams, it takes a while for them to take over like Georgia. They, they, they got to the national championship against Alabama, what, five years ago now, four years ago. Right. Uh, and then, they had to build it up, but they got to the point where they're now one of the top three and a team like Clemson has kind of shifted down a little bit. You know, they're still really good, 10 win seasons and everything. But um, I, I really do think it's between those three programs. If you're looking for, for national champions for the, for the foreseeable future. And I would say, I mean, it's hard to pick against Georgia after they lost so much from last year and won again this year. Um, they're just, they just reload, man. They just reload. How much do you think the NIL transfer stuff has really changed that dynamics obviously a little bit but do you think it's had as big of a difference maker as you know it's almost seem ought to be you know what i mean yeah it's tough to tell so far but i would say it has made and the one thing i know for sure is it's made coaches jobs a lot harder right because not only you have to recruit the high school recruits you got to recruit the transfer portal you have to recruit your own players to stay um and, and that involves you know using NIL money to do that usually since that people can get better offers elsewhere. They'll, they will, they will leave as we saw with guys like Jordan Addison left pit for USC um, last year. So I, I think it's, I think it's changed and it will be more of like uh, you need boosters who are involved. I mean, you've always needed that and, and it's been different. Like, Hey, we're paying for, for a stadium upgrade or we're paying for, for something else that helped the athletic program. And now it's just going to the players more so. Um, so it, it's, it's something that they'll have if you have a good collective for NIL, I think you could be good. Um, at the end of the day though, I think the top programs are still going to be the top programs because they'll have the boosters ready to invest. Let's pivot here. Let's go. Let's stick, stick in the college realm, college basketball. It's been a really odd season. You know, North Carolina comes in as the heavy favorites and they've been completely disappointed. Maybe they'll, have another miraculous run, get to a seven seed and just, you know, go on a run. It's kind of this type of year. Like it doesn't feel there's anybody at the top. So just give me a rundown on what you think, you know, landscape wise. I feel like it's wide open, you know, personally. 
Uh, but what are you seeing from this standpoint? Yeah, I love it. There's there's teams losing every every day. It seems like you know Houston. We think's like oh the AAC is maybe not as great uh, this year, especially got some teams on the way out and everything. But um, and then they end up losing the Temple uh, yesterday on Sunday. So it's 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 things are crazy. I love that it's crazy. I love that there's not a top team. And uh, I think the way the game has changed with uh, the emphasis of the three pointers um, has really helped some of these smaller schools be able to be able to do some some damage. But uh, I don't know about you, James, but I I really. I really like Alabama this year. Uh, I'm not an Alabama fan, but just watching them play. Brandon yeah. Miller is really unique, and uh, I believe they went up to number one today in the polls too. But uh, they, I think, I think Purdue just kept it. Barely. Purdue kept but it. Yeah, okay. it's it's pretty much a split, but Purdue as of now, yeah. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I really like Alabama. I think uh, the, the concern with them is always that maybe they shoot too many threes, and that that could be a problem in March. But um, I, I've, you know, from everything I've seen, especially when they. When they blew out Kentucky a couple weeks ago, even though Kentucky struggled as well, that was—I mean—that that team's for real. They beat Houston as well, so uh, that's the team I'm kind of watching out for. I'll have to, you know, before I do my bracket, I have to crunch the numbers and see everything. But I, I'm really impressed with them, and I, I don't know. Like you said, I, it seems pretty wide open, and that's that's great for college basketball. No, I think it's crazy that we're saying Alabama can, is the favorite to win a national championship, and it's not football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and obviously yeah. Nate Oates has done a phenomenal job coming over from Buffalo. Now to Alabama, he's got a top five pick in Brandon Miller. Um, but they're just – and their style of play, as you mentioned, with the three-pointers. But, you know, they're really athletic, can get up and down, really good defense. I mean, they are really built to kind of – I feel like Purdue, like maybe in a game like – kind of like yesterday against Maryland, like, you know, 58, 55, like you can kind of hang with Purdue. I feel like Alabama's ceiling is probably higher than anybody. So I would kind of agree with you there. Um, that, you know, as of right now, they're the best team. But I do agree that this thing is pretty wide open. And it, it, it kind of, you know, I was feeling like it's, I was thinking about today, like Shabazz, Nate Pierre, UConn, um, UConn team that went on a run. Like, it feels like that kind of year potentially down the road here. But, you know, that makes it so much better, as we know, as we get into March here. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, anytime there's like not like it's really cool when there's a dominant team in, in college basketball, uh, like Kentucky in 2012, when they went and won the whole thing. And uh, even Kentucky 2015, when mm -hmm. they were undefeated heading into tournament, when everyone watches to see them lose and see like, oh, can they can they go undefeated? Can they can they maybe drop a game? But I don't I, I always enjoy when when some of the smaller schools have a chance, someone like, you know, Houston uh, is, you know, like we talked about at the top of the standings uh, for for the AAC and a really a national contender for the last several years and built it up. But like, I really do enjoy seeing different teams and not just always the blue bloods uh, having the best shot. Absolutely. Now let's pivot here to the NFL. So your, your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously very impressive performance against uh, Buffalo yesterday. They're in the final four and I, I, probably the four best teams are in it. Cincinnati, Kansas city, Philadelphia 49ers what how do you kind of see this shaking out yeah I think um Patrick Mahomes's injury is is important I think it's a high ankle sprain and it's I mean high ankle sprains are tough to play with I think they said he's going to try to play so uh that has given me even more hope for for my hometown Cincinnati Bengals um they've already beat the Chiefs three times uh, the last three times they played them I should say um and I I was kind of more impressed with what they did against Buffalo. The offensive line had some injuries, but they were able to, to get some wins. So I see the Bengals going to another Super Bowl for the second straight year. And then I have the Eagles beating the 49ers. Um, Brock Purdy has blown everyone's expectations out the water. He's, he's played really, really well. 
Uh, but he's, he's shown a little bit of weakness here and there. He's, he's definitely not the strength of the team, but he does uh, deliver the ball to their playmakers very well. Um, I just think with Philadelphia, how stacked they are, both offense and defense because of the work Howie Roseman has done as GM, I think it's going to be a little bit too much to go to the link at Philadelphia and pull off an upset. I, I'll take the Eagles to win that one, have Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. And um, I, I would love to see the end. Of, I'd love to see the offensive line if some of the guys for the Bengals come back. I picked against the Bengals last year with the Rams, but I think I'm going to pick the Bengals. I mean, especially if offensive linemen come back, I think that'll be huge. But uh, they just seem to be on a roll. And, and last year they even had a ball, had the ball with a chance to win in the end and just weren't able to get it done. But I think they're, they're a better team this year than, than last year. And um, I try not to be too much of a homer with some of these takes, but I mean, Joe Burrow just makes a believer of us all. No. And I would have completely agree with you on this. Like they are a better team than a year ago. Their defense, obviously they have a phenomenal defense coordinator. They've really flipped the script though. And I was saying yesterday about Kansas City, but, you know, Cincinnati, you start thinking about the matchup. Cincinnati is a better team. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, you know, may, the main difference is Patrick Mahomes. But if there isn't anybody that's very close to him, it is Joe Burrow. And having, you know, Patrick Mahomes compromised, I, th- I think you might be right there. I think they will get the edge um, and get yet again to another Super Bowl. NFC-wise, I, I do think it's t- caught up in the air. But I, I think you're right, though. I think the Brock Purdyness, I think he's shown some of these limitations over the last few weeks. Kind of started slow. He starts slow against Philadelphia in the link. I think it's going to be too much to overcome. And Hurts looks healthy. I kind of agree with you there. I think we do get a matchup um, in the Super Bowl. We'll see. I'm not going to give away a Super Bowl <laughs> prediction here. But uh, I do agree with you, and I do think that will be the matchup, Cincinnati and Philadelphia. And now you, you mentioned it at the top here, um, NFL draft, NBA draft. That's really your go-to. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of go to the NFL draft here. I know it's right as, as soon as the season ends, it, it becomes all NFL draft. That's all anybody talks about. Um, so just give me a feel kind of on these quarterbacks. Obviously, Bryce Young's viewed as the top guy. And then CJ Stroud's impressive performance against Georgia, I think, is helping him here. And then Will Levis. Um, out of Kentucky. How do you kind of see those three? And I feel like for me personally, um, the fit of a quarterback is crucial, you know, so that being with that, you know, that being said. Yeah, it it definitely is. Uh, I think a lot of times we see some of these guys go into the league and and then get labeled as busts. And it's like, well, were they bust or were they just in a really bad situation with a coach that didn't fit their style? Or was it just an organization that hasn't really produced many quarterbacks, don't develop young guys. So I'm with you on that. Um, I think, Stroud and Stroud and um, excuse me, Stroud and Young are really, really close. I think in terms, they're very different types of players. Young's able to play a little bit out of the pocket more and use his legs a little bit more. Whereas Stroud, I mean, he showed that against Georgia. He just never showed that the rest of his career. I think either one you're getting will be very, very good. Uh, there'll be questions about Bryce Young's size, um, especially um, after he was next to Mark Ingram and looked like he might be even shorter than him. But we've seen shorter quarterbacks pay off in the past. Um, and, and for Stroud, it is you know can he handle that? Can he get out of the pocket if, if pressure comes and everything? Um, so th- I, if you get either one of those guys, I think your team should be happy. Uh, as, again, assuming you have the fit and everything ready to go. Um, Levis, I think does have a lot of the physical tools, uh, but he's someone who has had struggles with decision-making with, with locking onto one receiver uh, in the college level. Um, so he'll just need to, he'll need to work a little bit more. I, I don't think he's on the same level quite as much as uh, young and Stroud. 
Um, but the NFL teams, they love their traits. I mean, they, they love guys like, uh, like Josh Allen who have the strongest arms and can run and they'll see if they can work with them. So, uh, I think there is some potential there, but I just, I see them maybe as a little bit of a step down from, from Stroud and Young. I don't know how deep you are into, you know, your, your prep, your readiness for the NFL draft. I'm sure you are to a degree, obviously throughout the season covering Washington players. Is there under the radar guys? Cause that's kind of my favorite thing is like, uh, nobody sees this guy coming. Like for me, like the one year that guy always sticks out Cooper cup, like Eastern mm-hmm. Washington knew about him. Like he popped any, anybody for you like that kind of on your radar. A couple of them so far. I still have to watch a tons of tape, as you as you right, know. But right, like, of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, I I like some of the Kansas State guys in this draft. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, their running back, is yeah. is really small, but he's also really fast and shifty. And like I'm seeing, like this is a loaded running back class. So I get that he's maybe not a first, second round pick, and also the size thing. But I think he's going to be a game changer. He can catch passes. He can. He's he's Darren Sproles, who went to Kansas State, he's exactly the same player who can impact a game, or even Austin Eckler, maybe if you add some weight to him mm-hmm. and they can can run a little bit better. But um, he's he's a game changer. I think his speed and the open space can't be tackled. He he'd be really good. And then another one I I, I really like is their cornerback Julius Brents. Uh, we look for for teams, NFL teams look for cornerbacks that have really good length. Uh, he's about six foot four. He was matched up with Quentin Johnston of, of TCU in the Big Twelve Championship game. Had you know some rough rough snaps against him, but also played decently well. And I think someone will see his his height and length um, and say, "Hey, we can turn this into something." So those are two guys I'm specifically watching to maybe get drafted a little bit higher than maybe where they're projected right now. No, I love that. And Juice Vaughn, I mean, how do you not love watching that guy play? I agree. <laughs> like he he really. He's going to be like that that flex guy in fantasy, like guys always want. And then who knows, maybe he does develop into more Austin Eckler more than Darren Sproles, probably a combination in between. But I, I love that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so la- last thing here, though, for you, Joe. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like the ethos of all of this is really just bring on guests, kind of get to know their background, kind of what makes everyone successful. That's really what this whole thing is kind of about here. So what I'm all about is like, what's the best version of myself, others that I work with, right? Or that I'm around. So what's the best version of you? Oh, best version. Uh, I, I, that's a hard question, but uh, <laughs> I think I think the best version of me is um, just like being able to show my passion. I think that comes through in my work. But, you know, there's obviously things you do at work that are, isn't always the most passionate thing. You know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. You get tasked like that. But uh, the best version of me is just doing what I love, which is which is writing, talking about college football, college basketball, NFL draft, and displaying that through my hard work uh, on watching the tape, on putting out all the articles on it. So uh, I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but I do think for anyone to be successful, I think there has to be a, a, like a high level of passion in what they do and uh, to go with that, just the hard work. No, I'll take that answer all day. Like you give me a person with passion and let everything kind of do the talking, right? And let your work show and all that stuff. So that that's big time. Like, be passionate about what you do and then go be great at it. I don't think there's anything really better than that. Um, this is Sports Conversation with James Navalance. Uh, Joe, you're big time. I appreciate you coming on and, you know, short notice and everything. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.